1: It's The List and your boy
0: with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp.
2: And we are live.
0: And I am still putting my hair up. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor. Fightful.com. We got a big weekend this weekend at Fightful. NXT TakeOver. SummerSlam. We have post shows for both of those. Live coverage for both of those. It's a good time. But right now, it's time for The List and yeah,
3: boy. <laughs> I keep seeing a cursor on the screen. Is that okay, Melissa? I've seen it like two or three times right go right <laughs> yeah, by Sean's face. Well,
2: I'm let's, not let's seeing let's it just... on Sean's face, but you might I saw be it by Sean's
3: him. face.
0: Let's just attack this right now. If your question is,
2: did I screw Is up? this
0: okay? And then you look across from you and you see Melissa's face, the answer is probably
3: no. Ah. Uh, uh. That's his commentary, not mine. Just so you know, it's I his. I can't
2: wait to cut your man bun off, my friend.
3: You better be ready to physically fight Kara.
0: <laughs> physically. and She will fight for my hair.
3: Okay. Uh, so, i just saying. Once again, we have to give a public service announcement that next week, we're doing the show on Thursday the 23rd, not Wednesday the 22nd, because we're going to the ball game next Wednesday and then Sean and I we're gonna be probably in the other room right yeah because this is a rinky-dink little media room that we're in and we're gonna do the show together again Sean that should be a treat
0: will we be in the
3: same room that we were last time I think so yeah okay yeah I think so hopefully uh, this time the zoom works better so we don't look like we're in the next time zone on camera but uh, yeah. otherwise that'll be the plan um, Marie picked a new mask for this week what do you think
0: <laughs> Is that one from the birthday greeting? Yes, it, yes is. it is. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's
3: from the birthday greeting. That, that is pre-grow out of the hair, that mask. Yeah. Marie chose it for this week as the one she wanted. So, looks pretty good. Yeah? Let's, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's start out by talking about Jim Anvil nightheart Yeah. This one hit me a little harder than most of them, Sean. Uh happened on Monday, he was 63 years old, he fell at home, he was in Florida, he fell, hit his head, uh, and that triggered a seizure brought on by Alzheimer's disease, and unfortunately he passed away. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail about his career, because I think everybody knows who Jim Naval Neidhart is. Uh, two great ones: runs with the Hart Foundation, one with Bret Hart as a tag team, one in the late 90s as a part of a stable, with Brett and David Boy Smith and Owen Hart. I'm going to talk about my personal experience with him. And again, longtime listeners have heard these stories before. Under the circumstances, I think uh, I'm excused for repeating myself. Of course. So uh, I want to talk about Jim. So in the early 2000s, when I was promoting shows in Canada, I booked him on a number of occasions and got to know him uh, decently well. And Jim Neidhart was, he was somewhat quiet, especially if he didn't know you. He was somewhat quiet, but he was always so easy to work with. He was so agreeable never turned down anything I would ask him to put it, put over a local talent and you'd be surprised Sean how many name wrestlers will not put over a local talent and uh, Jim had no issue with that I even asked him to take a chair shot one time he had no issue with that he was pissed afterwards because of the way the chair shot was delivered and I've actually got a clip I'm gonna show in a minute so he was, he was pissed about the delivery of the chair shot but he was cool that he had to do it uh, and matter of fact let's go to that clip first this was a clip uh, against a local wrestler named JQ Public which shows Jim was cool with chair shots and cool putting over local talent. Put that one up, Melissa. It's the footage,
2: right?
3: The footage. The, the, the video clip of him. Yep. No, yeah, that's it.
2: <laughs> you can talk.
3: As you can tell, it's grainy footage, Sean, because it was done on a crappy digital camera in 2002, I think it was. <laughs> so it's pretty crappy grainy footage, but you get the gist. He took the chair shot and he put over the local talent. That was Jim. Are we going to
0: call that match eventually?
3: Uh, I don't know if I have the whole thing, so I was I okay. was I was scouring some of my tapes to try to find the whole thing, and I don't know if I have it. Well, well
0: I, I I am familiar with JQ Public because we did call one of his matches on the Fightful Select.
3: That's right. Uh, yep.
0: Match archives.
3: Something else that Jim always had no problem doing for me is he would cut a promo because he knew that we had an internet presence back in 2002, whatever, and he would volunteer to cut promos that we could use. Uh, and I know he was smart in doing it because he was thinking, well, that means I'm going to get another booking. Right, And so I have one of the promos real quick. Again, the audio and video aren't the greatest, but I'm going to show them anyway. Put up that promo, Melissa.
1: Burlington, Ontario, July 14th.
2: My name is Jim Leandle Neidhart. This time, fight it's not going to be for the belt. It's going to be for blood. Nor this referee is, they didn't want to count tonight. He's got a
1: little surprise,
3: there you go. i got to tell you a funny story about that promo, too. That thing took like 10 takes because Jim kept on saying Burlington, Vermont.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Over and over and over and over again. So it took a while to do. But, uh, and then another thing I want to mention about Jim, he was also always cool about asking for uh, the t-shirt for the promotion saying that you know i'll wear it and i'll put you guys over i know he was probably looking for a free t-shirt
1: <laughs> but
3: he always asked for one so that he could put over the local promotion we have a picture of him with one of the shirts from one of my promotions do you have that melissa
2: mm-hmm.
3: put that up nope wrong one
2: nope
3: the one with the are the t-shirt
2: you only sent me one of him one oh of really one of him, yeah
3: oh okay you we well, should I... have sent him a fightful shirt what the hell i Aww. should have you know what the one so put the one up that you do have because so that was the other thing I was going to mention is uh, he was always cool with doing the heart attack spot. And I had him do it yeah. on a number of occasions with a number of different wrestlers. And he always was cool with it. He did it once with Eric Young in the role of Bret Hart. That's cool. And, uh, and he was always really cool to work with. And uh, the, the, the Night Hart story that I have to tell you guys, I don't know if he would like me to tell this story mm. um, uh, when he was around, but I'm going to tell it anyway. He came in for a show one time and he did a power slam to his opponent. And when he hit the mat on the power slam, he bit through his tongue. And he, was, and he was in the locker room. He almost bit it right off. He had teeth marks on the top and on the bottom. And, uh, and he was in pain in the locker room. So one of the guys gave him a bottle of Jack to, to ease the pain. And once Jim had that bottle of Jack in him, he was raring to go. And somebody told him the Niagara Falls Casino is oh, like a, no. half, a half hour down the way. So Jim Hart took his envelope with his purse mm-hmm. from the show Went to the Niagara Falls Casino, hit the card tables, lost the whole purse. Looked at the guy that he was with, because I wasn't there for that, but but the guy that worked for me was with him. Looked at the guy and he said, is there a pawn shop around here? Mm. Oh, no. Jim had a watch that was given to him by Vince McMahon after one of the WrestleManias. Took the watch, went to the pawn shop, got some cash, went back to the tables. (sighs) By the stroke of luck, won back the money he had lost. Went back to the pawn shop, rebought the watch. Said, "I'm going to go home and not tell my wife any of this. She's going to see the envelope with the cash, and that's it." Wow! And that's what he did. Yep. That is
0: fantastic.
3: Yep, yep. So, my condolences to Natalia. I never got to meet her back in the day. I remember meeting a young uh, Jenny Valentine, Greg Valentine's daughter, but I never got to meet Natty. But uh, Jim was cool, cool to me, and and he was he was never a problem. He was a true pro. I think I might have told you this, Sean. After I had booked Jim a bunch of times, and he had kind of burnt out the area because I booked him so much, and he called me looking for another booking, and I told him, you know, I've had you in a bunch of times, man, and, and I think we have to take a break. He goes, what about who? And he actually, he actually, he actually thought that I was going to book him as who, and I had to politely tell him, I'll get back to you on that, and then I didn't. But, uh, <laughs> oh, but Jim man. was awesome, never had one issue with him at all. I know all, a lot so. of
0: the, the Hart family, and they've all been A-plus people, and you could see how much Natty cares about her dad, and he was on Total Divas even. Yes. He would make cameo appearances there, so yeah, he's a great loss. You know, my memory is obviously the, the most famous match that I think of when I think of Jim Neidhart is uh, the Canadian Stampede match. Yes. And if you're talking about a singles match, I had people wanting me to give recommendations there was one against Randy Savage in particular. Saturday um, main event. There you go. Yeah. That, that, was, was, a... that was maybe his best singles match I ever saw. It was his
3: best singles match. Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
0: And I always like to throw in a hidden gem there as well. There was a G1 Climax match. If I can remember who all was in it. I think it was Bam Bam, Ludwig Borga, and Scott Norton against Jim Neidhart, Barry Windham, and the Barbarian. Wow. And it was a six-person tag, and it was very good to watch. Very fun. Just as we like to call them, six sirloin beef sons of bitches yeah. Yeah. in there. It yeah. was it was really good. I think you know something, 92.
3: Jim was underrated in terms of his athleticism yeah. because guys would look at him. And i got to tell you, you know, having met him many times, he wasn't much taller than me. You know, and I'm I'm, I'm five nine. He was five ten probably at best. Uh, but but sometimes he was overlooked for his athleticism because he was just a burly guy with a beer with a beer belly. But you remember back with the Heart Foundation, he was doing the springboard shoulder block. Remember that? Yeah. He could do a standing drop kick. Like, he had athleticism, and him and Brett were such a great combination, such a contrast of styles. Have you ever,
0: uh, oh, sorry, have you ever heard Pritchard's impersonation of Stu Hart calling in favors from Vince McMahon repeatedly to get Neidhart in?
3: No, but I know the story about (laughs) it, but no, no.
0: Yeah, he said that Stu would call, like, every few years, Yay, the big rhino bastard. uh, (laughs) Work, huh? <laughs> I'm like yeah, that sounds about right yeah, yeah and he fit in he he did so many different things for them he worked for the Hart foundation they worked to get help get owen hart over when yep. he was young they yep. put him in what i still think is one of the hottest angles ever usa versus canada in 97 yeah. that was my, one of my favorite times in wrestling at least from a crowd perspective yep. it seemed like they had booked those shows it seemed like every other week they were in Canada, even though they weren't. And it it shows you how well they played that when, like, I think, Neidhart's not from Canada, is he? Was he born in Canada? No, he's from Nevada. Three of the five guys in the Hart Foundation weren't even Canadian, and they had this red-hot angle going. Uh, Jim Neidhart will be missed.
3: Yeah, he was great. And one other story about Jim Neidhart. Anybody that's ever seen Wrestling with Shadows, the Bret Hart documentary, I, I always remember this about Jim Neidhart. So he wasn't the greatest promo man. Uh, he was, he was, you know, personable and everything, but he wasn't the greatest promo man. If you watch Wrestling With Shadows, there's a scene going into Canadian Stampede where they're going to do a promo, the five of them together, and Brett is coaching Jim on what to say. And one thing they were going to have him say was, we're going to get hungry and we're going to leave no man untested. And when Jim repeated that line to Brett for a second, they looked at each other and they went, oh, no, 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 we can't say that. We can't get say that. Hungry and leave no man untested. Think about that for a minute.
0: <laughs> so...
3: They discovered that I, one's not going to work.
0: I need to rewatch that. I, ha- I finally had it. I think I bought it a couple days ago on, uh, or a couple years ago on Amazon, and I haven't had a chance to watch it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it soon. Maybe review it for Fightful
3: Select something sure, like that. For sure. For sure. All right, let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about my weekend because no, uh, there was, there was supposed to be a Sean sub component. So last weekend, oh. last weekend, went out to the cottage. I have a little cottage. Uh, out on the St. Lawrence River which is in the Thousand Islands in uh, Ontario, Canada. I had been hoping that when I booked this trip, this was a boys trip and I had been hoping when I booked it I could time it with your arrival and my oh. plan my plan had been to have you there for a night or two. Oh okay. As it turned out everybody's schedules and stuff, I wasn't able to work out the timing and so I thought okay, I couldn't get Sean to the cottage, so maybe at the very least I can show him some photos so that he can <laughs> at least get an idea about our weekend.
0: Is this, is this a surprise?
3: Yeah, so put up the first photo. <laughs> Here we are on the boat. Beautiful St. Lawrence River, as you can see. Beautiful water. Put up the next one. There we are in front of my cottage. That's what Crazy the cottage K. looks like. Huh? Yeah, Crazy K was with me. Crazy K was with me. So that's a shot of my cottage. I have a cottage and I have a, a bunkie, a secondary cottage. Put up the next one. That's a shot from the water line. Beautiful, as you can see, Sean. Beautiful, Beautiful St. Lawrence River. That's going on with the next one?
0: Team. Why were you wearing the same hats?
3: Uh, it just worked out that way. It was unplanned that we had the same hat.
0: Did you all play some 2 1 pickup basketball?
3: Uh, we did not. But let me tell you this, Sean. I figured because I couldn't bring Sean Rossap to the cottage, I would at least try an alternative. Put up the next photo, Melissa. Boy. There we go. <laughs> I was able to make sure Sean Rossap had a presence on the St. Lawrence River, Gananoque. Go over the next one. Beautiful. There's Sean Rossap in front of the cottage, times five. Look at that, Sean. Let's put up the last one. All right, and there he is in front of the waterline. Beautiful. So there you go. It was a great weekend. Sean had a presence at the cottage. Kudos to you, man. It was a great time.
2: He hates you so much right now. You're really proud
0: of this, aren't you?
3: Hey. Here's the thing. That took some effort and planning.
0: My wife watches the show. She's yeah. like, "What? what is this surprise? What is the surprise? <laughs> and I was like, well, they range from cardboard cutouts to trips to Toronto, so I don't know. I, you're asking me, like, I, I don't know. I, I managed to investigate and find out the Virgil one before it happened.
3: Yes, you did. And since
0: then, you've made sure that the threat of people's livelihoods, <laughs> that it doesn't leak.
3: Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, Oh, I like that Luke was clearly wearing sunglasses over the mask.
3: (laughs) Yes, and that was done intentionally as well, yeah. So theoretically now, you have been on the St. Lawrence River in the Thousand Islands in Ontario, Canada, theoretically, so congratulations.
0: (laughs) You've made it. Well, you know, it it, it it, it could squeeze everything in to just four days, so fortunately, I was able to go there remotely.
3: Yes, you were, yes, you were. And you had a great time. And you did a lot, Sean. <laughs> I should have I? T- I taken some on the jet ski that we did. I should have taken yeah. some I should have taken some of Sean Ross Sapp at this Italian restaurant on the mainland. <laughs> I should have done that.
0: Oh, man.
3: Let's move on and talk about the news that you texted me about. I think you texted me on Sunday, last Sunday, about this. We're doing this on August 15th. So Sean, no. sends, Sean sends me a text. It was a very simple one sentence. And it said, they sold out MSG. That's what he said. And so uh, I looked into it. Because I was, like, off the lamb, Sean. Like, I wasn't checking yeah. social media or anything while I was out there. You probably saw Skype today. I was off of Skype for a week. Yeah. So, Ring of Honor and New Japan, they've come together. They're doing the G1 Supercard uh, at Madison Square Garden during WrestleMania week. Uh, they sold out 60% of it immediately on a pre-sale to Honor Club members. Then it went on sale to the general public, and they sold it out. And uh, you know what? I say congratulations to them. I've, I've seen some things on social media from some critics and some trolls that say, oh... It's because it's over WrestleMania week and there's wrestling fans in town. My answer to that is selling out MSG any time of the year is a feat. Yeah. It's a feat. If
0: if it was so easy, why didn't Impact run a 15,000-seat arena?
3: Exactly. How how come they haven't done it? They've been in New York in in previous years, WWE. Yeah. Nobody booked MSG prior to now, right? It's a feat no matter the time of year. Do I think they're going to try it in October? Not necessarily. But hey, they still sold it out, and I say congratulations.
0: Now I got some flack a few weeks ago. Because I said I don't see MSG as a big deal, and then I still don't. From a building perspective, it doesn't hold that connection to me. Had they sold out a fifteen thousand seat barn, I would have been very impressed. I would have been like, "Damn, fifteen thousand—the number—I'm very impressed by that." You mean an awesome.
3: actual barn, like if they had like hay in the rafters and shit, <laughs> that and chickens?
0: A, yeah, why not?
3: And you know they have all—they always have, seem to have a rope because they swing it out the door. Yeah, in those barns, you know.
0: If, if they would have sold out a barn, 15,000 seats, I would have still been impressed. But the fact that they were able to with the tickets, as expensive as they were, ooh, that's money. And, you know, you do have some people say, well, scalpers, scalpers, who gives a shit? Yeah, who all cares? Wages, their job is done. Yes, they, I agree. They've sold the tickets.
3: Yes, I agree. I
0: mean, I'm sure they don't want two people to show up, but they make the same amount of – well, not the same amount of money because they got to sell merch and all that. Concessions, yeah, yeah. Concessions, but yeah. – that's fantastic. That's great for wrestling. When I yep. when I look at this, I, I'm like, man, pro wrestling. Despite viewership numbers, this is this is very good. People are willing to spend money on wrestling, and
3: it makes me happy. I can't believe anybody would say, "Oh, scalpers bought them." How is that a negative? Yeah. Like if you're the business selling the tickets, like you said, you don't give a shit. You still got the money.
0: And then you have people that will hit me up. WWE doesn't care about. Anybody wrestling in bingo halls. Well, what about Madison Square
3: Garden? Oh, they
0: care. You all want me to believe that it's it's a coincidence that the week after Ring of Honor, and Sinclair-owned Ring of Honor, by the way, a pretty uh, conservative group, runs MSG that, oh, all of a sudden, Hulk, we're okay with you now, Hulk. Hogan, come back. Yeah, oh, because they, you know, they don't want a ring of honor saying, hey, come out there and point a finger at somebody at Madison Square Garden. They even you, had
3: Elias you... cut the promo and mention MSG. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who else is WWE bound that hadn't been WWE bound before? Uh, gee, I wonder. Maybe somebody who could make a difference in yeah. April around then. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of signs. WWE has always cared about number two. They don't oh, ever yeah. care about number three. That's oh, they,
3: they definitely are aware of it. There's no question about yeah. it. No question about it. Not and, a doubt. They're, they're going to get a million-dollar gate. I say good for them. That's by far the biggest show they've ever done, and uh, and good for them. That'll be interesting. Now, you, speaking of, uh, you just mentioned Sinclair, so I was going to mention this. Their merger with Tribune Media is officially dead. Uh, Tribune pulled the plug on it uh, following the FCC statement that they wanted an administrative hearing before a judge to review the issues that they are disputing. This is kind of bad news for Ring of Honor, but not really. It's bad news because they would have had uh, a footprint in some markets that they currently don't on television. The reason I say it's not really a bad thing is because, as we know, the business has changed. The internet has changed wrestling. Ring of Honor has got a strong presence online. They just sold out MSG without those markets on television, Sean. So Also,
0: there's this group on September 1st that got on WGN. Right. That happens to have strong connections to Ring of Honor. Right. And if WGN sees big numbers out of this, I don't think that they will avoid Ring of Honor programming. They'll probably say, you know what? Why not? Let's let's go ahead and run them. And it and will do good numbers. It will do. It'll yeah, it do. will. I I don't know anything else that's on WGN. I have no idea.
3: It's, mostly, it's do, all syndication. Do they have a network affiliation?
0: Do they still? No. Do they still run Cubs games? Like That might be the only <laughs> thing that does better viewership than Ring of Honor. Yeah, I no idea. No, Some turdy like show that I don't even know about, like where they, they hunt for diamonds inside somebody's poop or something like that. Like you know Are we on do Stupid this.
3: People News already? The Sean Ross app file?
0: <laughs> we got plenty. We got plenty. From the world of wrestling, we have plenty for the SRS file this week.
3: Oh yeah? Okay. Damn. Well we're gonna get there. Let's move on and talk about Daniel Bryan. Yeah, let's So lads. so when was it, Sean? Was it a month ago? When you texted me and said that you've heard from a good source that he signed with a company, and then you felt kind of bad because Dave Meltzer debunked your story. When was that now?
0: Well, I didn't feel bad because Dave Meltzer debunked the story because he didn't debunk the story. Okay. He said that he debunked the story. That doesn't
3: mean that he really debunked the story. Fair. That's what I mean. That's and what I mean.
0: when I followed up with multiple people, they told me the same thing. And I had other journalists saying, well, we didn't hear this. And I'm like, well, you know what? I have heard it. And virtually... Every single thing. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find something that I've reported that's been inaccurate thus far. The closest you can find is Enzo Amore saying that he didn't know about the accusation before he was fired. Then he did an interview with Steve Austin where Vince McMahon said, you got to tell us about this shit. Mm -hmm. And then Enzo said that he got an email a month before. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. or somebody he knew got one. So really, I mean, the track record speaks for itself, but I mean, I'm still hearing the same thing. Still to this day, I'm hearing the same thing. Well, I was even told that, uh, that some of the people that have interviewed him recently were asked to
3: not reference that question by design. Well, based on this week's news, uh, you're not going to tell me that they don't have something on paper. You're not going to tell me. So 2K Sports announced this week that they're going to be bringing back showcase mode for the uh, WWE 2K19 video game, which is basically storyline mode. And they've announced that the storyline mode this year is going to focus on Daniel Bryan's WWE comeback. I see no chance that number one WWE would not approve that because 2K tends to run everything by Vince McMahon and Triple H. So that's number one. There's no way that they're, they're, they're going to authorize that if they don't have him locked up. Because why would you agree to that and then uh, as of the end of August or September the guy's gone? Like there's just no chance. You can't tell me they don't have something on paper with him. So even though nothing is announced officially, they have to have something with them. Otherwise, there's no chance that they would have let uh, the video game do that.
0: And uh, SmackDown 1000 and MSG later this year. And you better believe WWE is dead serious on making sure that they sell out MSG the next time they go.
3: Right, right.
0: Perception means everything to them.
3: Yep. So they must have something locked up with him. When I, as soon as I heard that news, first thing I thought of is, oh, when are we going to get the announcement that he's resigned? When are we gonna get right. the apologies is what I wanna know. Uh, just stop being sensitive and just pat yourself on the now back. Piss and... off. <laughs> piss off. And now he's defensive. Mm. See Melissa? Oh, See? Yeah. Sensitivity yeah. <laughs> sensitivity leads to defensiveness. Oh
2: that's true. Yeah, right. look at him,
3: look at him, look at him, look at that defensiveness.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, okay, let's talk about the the, the latest Cole Cabana lawsuit because this one sucks. Oh, this one sucks. So, uh, I'm going to read you a short quote from Dave Meltzer. And Dave Meltzer said, quote, If you read the lawsuit, your conclusion is that Punk's a dick. Yeah. So, so, to put it, uh, to, to just give the quick runaround or, or spin or whatever, the Chicago Sun-Times reports that Cabana is suing CM Punk for breach of contract and fraud. Cabana claims, and I believe Cabana under the circumstances, even though I haven't heard Punk's side of the story yet, Cabana claims that Punk promised to cover his legal fees in the lawsuit against Dr. Chris Amon. Uh, and then he claims that he has a text from Punk that said that you will be, quote, 100% covered. They do the lawsuit. The lawsuit gets finished. They win. Uh, Cabana's legal fees, which are unpaid, are over half a million dollars. And he alleges that Punk told him afterwards, quote, you are on your own. And so Cabana is now suing Punk uh, 200000 in general damages and $1 million in punitive and exemplary damages. Um, my gut tells me this thing's going to settle out of court. Yeah. Because I don't think either one of them wants to go through that bullshit again of a lawsuit. And, and ironically enough, it's the same courthouse. The Cook County Courthouse. You can't tell me that they want to go through that again. I so, hate
0: this, man. This yeah. It's a
3: shitty situation. Is it? And I know it's... that there was... I actually heard something, and you might have heard this too. You know when there was all these rumors that they had uh, uh, had a falling out yeah. prior to the case and then came back together? So I heard something about how they never did have a falling out. But what happened was there was some kind of a car accident, uh, and because insurance didn't cover it, one, I think it was Cabana, had to sue Punk to get yeah. the insurance company to follow through, but that they did that lawsuit friendly, like Punk was in on it, yes. kind of thing. Oh, and that's, yeah. what, and that's what I heard. This time around, no, 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 no. This is not Punk saying, sue me. This time around, this is Cabana doing what he has to do. And again, we have not heard Punk's side, because Punk has been quiet ever since his last fight. But yeah. uh, based on what Cabana's saying, Punk's being a dick. There's no way around you know who?
0: Either. You know who's winning this lawsuit?
3: Cabana's going to get something.
0: No, WWE's winning this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Right. This was the design from right. the get-go was to bleed these two of finances. Right, right. From the jump. WWE funded on Chris Amon's side, allegedly it was. I was, was going to say, allegedly. Allegedly. If I were him and Punk, I would sue Chris Amon and get back that money. That's what I would do. So
3: Punk was, if you remember, who was it that we sent? Steve?
0: Steve Mulehausen. He filmed vertically.
3: So, (laughs) so he, it was either Steve or it was the guy from uh, WrestleZone that asked Punk straight up about that. About, what about your legal fees? And at the time of that, now you have to remember, this was, this was done minutes after the victory, right? So Punk didn't have time to think about things, but Punk said, in order for me to get those legal fees back, I have to go through all this red tape. I have to file like a new motion and shit. And at the time, going into a UFC fight, his mentality was, I just want this over. I just want to wash my hands a bit, and I want to walk away from it. And so it sounds like he didn't want to go through those steps at that time. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, maybe now it'll, it'll change. I don't care how much money Punk put away in his, in his wrestling run. And yeah, he's probably made, what, a half a mil a fight or something with the UFC. That's still a good chunk of change. And, yeah, and it you is. Can't, and you can't tell me Cabana, who's been uh, living off an independent wrestling uh, salary for years... He doesn't have a half a mil sitting in the bank, Sean.
0: No, he doesn't. There's so some, I would be shocked.
3: Yeah, he doesn't. So it's a shitty situation and, and uh you know, it looks like once again money's coming between friends. We've talked about it before on this podcast. Money does things it, like man. that and it's too bad. It's too bad. we we'll, but I, I expect to sell them and I don't expect a court date out of that. I just hate that WWE can do that type of thing
0: and really just do it to be dicks because they have the power to do it. Yeah. They can. Do we have it time to talk familiar.
3: about we have time to talk about one more lawsuit? That wasn't, sure. a shot at, that wasn't a shot at me, right? No. Okay, good. Good. Let's talk about one was more. was in defense of you, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Oh. oh, really? Okay. Oh, you're talking about the thing that we're going to talk about someday.
0: Yeah. Okay. People keep asking us. They assume it's WWE, but we just said a Northeastern promotion. Right, right. And I specified on Twitter that could mean Jersey All-Pro Wrestling.
3: Could be. could be Combat Zone.
0: Are they? I don't know
3: where the hell they are. I thought are. they were Jersey, too.
0: Who the hell? Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, they're,
3: not, they're not in San Antonio.
0: They belong there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about one more lawsuit before the break here. So a couple of guys actually hit me up on Twitter wanting to know if we're going to talk about this lawsuit today.
0: I, so, mean, I mean, come on. Anthem is in the headline. We're damn sure talking
3: about <laughs> it. Okay. So anyone that's new to this podcast, I will admit that I was a little harsh on Anthem in the past. We're making some really, really terrible, awful, shitty business decisions, and one of the things that I really harshly criticized them for was for for a short period of time, rebranding to Global Force Wrestling without having paperwork done, without having a signed contract done. I couldn't believe that a television entity would use branding that they contractually did not have the right to use. I thought it was so ridiculous and so stupid, Uh, and I thought that Ed Nordholm should have known a lot better Uh, And I accused him of being a really (laughs) shitty, I accused him of being a shitty executive because how the fuck do you not know that, especially when you're supposed to be a lawyer. So, I was harsh in the past. Jeff Jarrett now is coming out, and it was Mike Johnson of PW Insider that first reported this. Jeff Jarrett and Global Force Entertainment, LLC, are suing Anthem Sports and Entertainment, which of course is the parent of Impact Wrestling, over copyright infringement. And it all stems from the usage of the amped footage, which you remember Global Force taped, what was that now, two or three years ago? Yeah, like uh,
0: 2015. I wasn't even working here.
3: Right, right. Yeah, it was a long so time ago. They cut the deal with Jarrett when they brought him back. They were they agreed to a merger. I think verbally, they agreed to a merger. They brought the Global Force brand onto their television, and then they started airing the Amp pay per views. Uh, plus, they put the Amp DVDs on their website on the Impact Wrestling website.
0: Half their roster is in WWE now. <laughs> That's yeah, how I know. Old I know. it is. Yeah, yeah. It's but anyway. So old.
3: So when they let Jarrett go, and this is why I was very critical at the time of Ed Nordholm, because when they let Jarrett go, they didn't have a signed contract to use that footage. They had to rebrand back and get rid of the Global Force footage. And we, on this podcast, were like, what kind of a fucking moron would would, would make these decisions? But they did them. And so now Jarrett is looking for, uh, he claims they continue to monetize the footage uh, and he's looking for either uh, for punitive damages equal to either three times Anthem's profits or Global Force's damages, whichever is greater. Plus, they want an injunction preventing Anthem from monetizing the content, and they want them to delete it and return the master tapes to them. Now, I've been through stuff like this before, Sean. And so I can tell you firsthand that Jared, it's going to be very difficult for him to prove damages. Yeah. So what I think is probably going to happen, I also don't think that Anthem probably made a lot of money on that footage. <laughs> None. I bet you it's five figures. Probably, and so what I think is going to happen is they've already removed the tapes from the Impact Wrestling website. The DVDs, they're not there anymore. I haven't checked their net, their uh, Over the Top Network, but I'm going to go ahead and assume there's no Global Force footage there either. And so I think what's probably going to happen is they're going to return the master tapes to Jarrett. Uh, maybe they'll cut him a check for, you know, a minuscule amount of money, and it's going to be done with and be settled out of court. That's my expectation.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because. I did an interview with Jeff Jarrett recently, and it, he kind of foreshadowed this because I asked him what, did, what exactly was retained and exchanged. He says, oh, "I want to leave that as a no comment, mainly for legal reasons." And I was like, "What? Right. Still? Oh, I didn't know that it was something that was being worked on.
3: Probably yeah. are they still airing and pay per views? Like, when did they do the last and pay per view? So it,
0: I think they got all those out of the can. Okay." And that's really what it was. Because every time I would talk to Jeff, I'd be like, hey, are you, gonna, you ever going to air this shit? Half your roster, like I mentioned, is in WWE. You look at it, Kurt Hawkins there. Bobby Roode's there. Uh, I think uh, Guns and Gall- or, uh, Gallows and Anderson are there. Shelton's there. Like, everybody yeah. is contracted. Yeah.
3: So it's... I wonder if Bobby Roode sometimes wishes he could go back. To 2015 to be part of the EMTA thing. But that's a whole other story.
0: Yeah, man. Ooh.
3: What about Mojo yeah, Rawley? I, I guess the Mojo Rawley push is done. Not that I'm no, segueing, but... Uh, yeah.
0: No, Knowing Jeff Jarrett, he'll find a way to make six figures off this. <laughs> that's that's Jeff Jarrett.
3: <laughs> I mean, he'll do... Um, you know what's going to happen? He's probably going to cut a deal with, like, Fight TV. Or he's going to cut a deal with Daz. Already,
0: already has. Oh, he already
3: has. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. So he'll... I
0: called Premier MMA Championship 9 on Fight TV last Saturday. How was that? It was good. There was a delay in one of the fights, and we called in the cage a rock-paper-scissors match. Why was there a delay? There was a brutal knockout, and there's usually only one Dr. Cage side, but that Dr. has to be Cage side. And they thought everything was fine, and after the first round of a fight happened— they called him back and they said, "No, everything's not fine. We need you back here immediately backstage." So they had to have a break in between the rounds until that doctor came back. So the two fighters are just killing time. They're like, "Hey, why not? The commission didn't supply two doctors, so what what else are we going to do?" They started to play rock paper scissors. Now these rookies only played one. You can't just play one game of rock paper scissors, dude. <laughs> you know this. Uh-huh. It's two out of 3. At least two out of 3. Time.
3: Yeah. Two out yeah, of 3. Yeah. So, so they were in the cage. So they were in the cage waiting for their fight.
0: Waiting for the second round of their fight. They had been punching each other in the face already and decided to play rock paper scissors to kill some time. Our producer hit us with some slow-mo replays of it. We got to break down the cadence.
3: That's unbelievable. And was it was there a finish in that fight?
0: There actually was. Yeah, a pretty a very nasty knee finish. Really? Knee finish. Yeah. Huh. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Well, you might see a finish to Shane Taylor's contract in Ring of Honor this year. I spoke to him a little bit about his deal with Ring of Honor. He has uh, been a, an emerging name in the company. Take a listen. I believe your first appearance for Ring of Honor may have been back in 2015. How has the company mm-hmm. changed since you came in for those those few dark matches that you did? I think late 2015, early
4: 2016. Uh it's i obviously it's been growing the last few years um and with one one of the things that impresses me so much is uh our ability as a company to not lose a step depending on who's here um we we don't really re reset as a company we reload, so there's every year you see guys leave or guys come in um and nothing nothing changes like everybody still continues to get better everybody con- continues to up their game and up the bar um so watching that growth and watching that change has been one of the most impressive things to me
0: you teamed with Keith Lee for quite a while he signed with WWE did you have any conversation about him uh going to WWE uh
4: we've talked you know we talked when he, he first made the Move to go to Evolve um, and just what his goals were, what his plans were. Uh, And so to to see everything that he's doing now uh, and where he's going next uh, is really cool. I wish him nothing but the best, and I know he's going to be as successful there as he was um, traveling the world and competing in whether it be the Independence or Evolve. Uh, He's a guy that's going to be successful wherever he goes.
0: What's your contract status like with with uh, Ring of Honor? Are You locked in long term or is it are you about to reach a negotiation period and and if so, how do you approach something like that?
4: Uh I I'm signed with Ring of Honor through the end of the year so uh got we got a little bit of time left before uh, any negotiation stuff starts. Um and for me it's all about uh opportunity and making sure that You know, this is the best thing for myself and my family. Um, I'm also a very loyal guy because Ring of Honor is the first company to give me that chance on a national and international stage. Um, So they had the faith in me when nobody else did. Um, And I'm going to make sure that I do everything in my power to uh, pay them back for that.
2: Yeah, We're back.
0: That full interview, youtube.com slash fightful, also fightfulwrestling.com. Click that exclusives tab. We're breaking news all the time, my friends.
3: So, this next story, I'm going to uh, probably look at Melissa while I tell this story. Oh, oh no. this next Do story. you
2: want me to break Wirecast? <laughs> um,
3: I want to see your reaction okay. to this one. So, there's a gentleman that I have not been a fan of for a very, very long time by the name of Randy Orton. Okay. Uh, I haven't been a fan of his because, number one, I've always heard he's, a, he's an asshole in real life. But mm-hmm. number two, his in-ring character hasn't really changed in 10 years.
2: So is he a heel?
3: He's now a heel. Okay. But he was the same character as a babyface for a long time. Okay. Yeah, but now he's a heel. So there's a gentleman by the name of Court Bauer. He used to be a writer for WWE. He's now the promoter of MLW. Okay. He does a podcast called Ribbing and Junk. And on a recent episode of that podcast, and I'm gonna I don't know if I ever told you the story about Amy, the girl from the Diva show, Sean. Yeah, uh but we we'll did last week. No, that was uh that was Leilani story. or Leila oh, Moni. Okay,
0: Amy Weber. Yeah, this
3: is Joy, whatever her last name was. Joy. So anyway, Lani? Mm, no, Amy do Amy somebody. It was Amy. Amy. Weber then. Amy Weber. Amy Weber. Yeah. Amy Weber. So maybe we'll get to that one in a minute. But anyway, so Court Bauer on his podcast claimed that whenever WWE hired a new writer right Randy Orton would go into the room wherever they were Mm -hmm. he would pull out his penis he would touch his penis with his hand and then he would extend his hand for a handshake with the new writer if the new writer refused to shake his hand for obvious reasons uh, Orton would say something along the lines of what are you big leaguing me do I have to go to Vince McMahon and Stephanie and tell them about you and he would basically threaten to get them fired Um, after this aired on the podcast I guess word started getting around about Court Bauer saying this. Somebody on Twitter tweeted Court Bauer and said, did this really happen? And Court Bauer responded and said, yes. Mm. WWE released a statement to Wrestling Observer, and they said that they were, quote, looking into the matter. Um, <laughs> fortunately for Melissa, I did not do that when I hired her. Yep. Fortunately. How would you feel if you were a, a, a WWE writer... <laughs> and Randy Orton, and you got to understand, Randy Orton's got seniority in that company. Of course, he's yeah. got some stroke in that company. Uh, pun talk about stroke. I was gonna say, no pun intended. What if he came into the room and you knew, as a new employee, that that guy's got power and pulled out his dick, touched it, wanted to shake your hand? How would you feel about that whole thing?
2: See, that's even worse than like if it were to happen in. Oh God, sorry, Jimmy. If if it were to happen in an office scenario or something, because. Performers get away with that shit. Performers all the time. get away with
3: that shit. Ooh,
2: that's awful. This is Harvey
3: Weinstein kind of on just show, a lower level.
0: <laughs> Do you have you heard the the Kennedy story that I told on Smack, the SmackDown show? No. Mr. Kennedy, in a shoot interview a couple years ago, said that he would be backstage and Randy Orton would just show up with his balls hanging out and teabag his wrestling boots. And that Kennedy would be like Randy. There is nobody else around for this to be funny to. Why are you doing this? <laughs> hmm. And we've heard about you know shitting in bags and stuff like that. Just
3: so Amy and Weber. To me,
0: to me, it's like that's violent territory. You, you're getting swung on. You're catching a smack. Mm-hmm. You're getting cock cockknockamored.
3: And see right. the problem. The problem, and this is classic bullying, right? The problem is that he feasts on those that aren't going to fight back because of the position that he's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the problem. The story that I was told one time, and I'm pretty sure I told this on the podcast before, Amy Weber, who was part of the Diva Search, she was in the same classes, Joy Giovanni and Carmella, not today's Carmella, a different yeah. Carmella, and Layla uh, Milani. she quit the company uh, and she was on SmackDown. I think she was JBL's like administrator on TV. She quit the company, uh, and what led to her quitting was, first, she was overseas on a tour, and JBL was, as we know, an asshole too. JBL and Randy Orton got a hold of a photo of her in a magazine and created a kind of pornography uh, poster and put it up on walls in places, knowing that people would walk by and see it. Then when they were on the plane coming back, and she was trying to get sleep on the plane, this is her allegation, but you know what happened. Randy Orton poured a Bloody Mary all over her on the plane. And so as soon as they landed, she went to Shane McMahon, who was overseeing that tour and said, I'm done and quit on the spot. And she was in a, in a prominent TV position at the time. And she just said, I've had enough. He has known to be a dick since he was a kid starting in the company. I don't know how long ago this court Bauer allegation, like, I don't know if this still happens now. Have you heard if he still does this?
0: I don't think he does. I've heard actually a lot over the past several years that He's mellowed out, right? That he's mellowed out, he's matured, right? He's changed, and right. I mean, we, you know, the world was a little bit different then, but it wasn't that different. No, where that was okay.
3: Yeah, and and again, you know, call it what you want, but like Melissa said, because of who he is, uh, nothing's going to come of it. WWE is well, not going to investigate it. Nothing's going to come of it. I don't think.
0: Not not everybody has that kind of stroke, but sometimes they do <laughs> still want to. Unleash their viper, Jimmy.
2: That was horrible timing. I am not happy with that.
0: Shut up, Melissa. (laughs) Our friends at Blue Chew can help. B L U E, Blue Chew.com. Like the color blue. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, backstage or in the ring. Even on a full stomach, since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill. You can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Maybe somebody is like whipping their dong out and saying, shake my hand. And you're like, I got one for you, buddy. And they're like, wow, you must take blue chew. And you must use that code fightful. Cause I know you got that first shipment for free. All you had to do was pay $5 shipping. No doctor's visit. No waiting for the pharmacy. Ships straight to your door at a discreet package way more discreet than what Randy Orton is unloading. My God, bluechew.com. Use that
3: code.
1: (laughs) Fightful. Oh, wow.
3: Good job, man. Good job. There's no better segue in the world than going from that to stupid people
2: still not ready for it, though, Jeez. Come on, Melissa.
3: <laughs> this
4: is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong.
3: So I was telling Melissa off the air. Oh, first off, thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the stupid song. I was telling Melissa off the air. I have so many good ones this week, Sean, <laughs> that I might have put better ones on Stupid People Extended Which, after this, go to FightfulSelect.com, Stupid People Extended, three more Stupid People News Stories. I might have more good ones there than on the regular show this week.
0: Mm -hmm. Excited. Because
3: I just had so many good ones. It was hard for me to decide what order to put them in, so I guess we'll find out. So this first one, this was reported by the London Evening Standard on August 14th. And as a parent, this one uh, struck home. So there was apparently a trend emerging when it comes to children's parties in the UK. You heard about this one? No. Do you have any idea what kind of trend for children's parties might be emerging in the UK? Anything come to mind?
0: I I have no clue.
3: No clue. Uh, Pony painting. Go ahead and put one of those images up, Melissa. So people are actually renting ponies, live ponies, tying them up and then using some kind of chalk-based paint to create designs on their bodies for entertainment nah, purposes. No, you get your ass kicked. Yes. Can yeah. you believe that somebody came up with this concept? So they actually are doing this for entertainment, tying them up, and then painting on them. Do you have another photo? Mm-hmm. Look at that, Sean. Mm. They're tying up the pony and painting the pony...
0: I don't even like to see horse-drawn carriages anymore. It's 2018, man.
3: Well, this one is absurd. And and whatever monkey came up with this, they need to drag him out into the street and shoot him. Maybe not not kill him, but shoot him in the shoulder or kneecap or something. Now PETA and the RSPCA are not standing for this, as you can imagine, they're calling it animal abuse. And I gotta tell you, I don't normally take PETA actions seriously. Yeah. Because is very much propaganda-based yeah. and they have their own agenda. But in this particular case, I'm with them mm-hmm. because this is absurd. This is absurd. And anybody out there, if you are the manager of a pony painting enterprise, you're a fucking moron, all right? Let the ponies go. Let the ponies I would,
0: go. I would love to see the person who did this. What I want to do is chop block them, but not to the back of the knee, to the front. Just right. above the kneecap. Right. That way it hyperextends it. Like uh
3: from. like Holly Holmes uh Holly Holmes big move that she does all the time. The oblique kick? I think Johnny Jones does it too, right?
0: Yeah, but I want to go in full weight with my shoulder into ah. the, right above the knee. You know I what see. I
3: mean? I see. But I want. Well, there you go. This next one, this was sent in by a listener named Andy Metcalf, and it was reported by the UK Metro and the UK Sungamont. Oh, there's this one went around, and Melissa's gonna like this one, and this one Definitely got to get Melissa's input on this one. I oh, don't know. So there was uh, i thought this one might actually be fake when I first heard about it, uh, but I did some due diligence. It was reported by a lot of British news agencies, and so either they all got taken or it's legitimate. There is an 81-year-old woman out of England named Frida Jackson, and she recently took a two-week vacation to Spain. Uh, what's your background, Melissa?
2: I was born here. My family's from Uruguay.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, this, in this case, she went to Spain. Okay. She claims that her vacation to Spain was ruined. Any idea, Melissa, why her vacation oh, to Spain God, was I ruined? Saw this.
2: Were there too many people speaking Spanish or Okay,
3: here? you saw this one. No,
2: I actually just guessed that, and I'm really? so proud of myself.
3: So she claims that her trip to Spain was ruined because there were too many Spanish people. Oh. Here's a quote. This is a quote from Frida Jackson. The entertainment in the hotel was all focused and catered for the Spanish. Why can't the Spanish go somewhere else for their holidays?
2: Build a wall around Spain.
3: Build a wall. Maybe they need to build a wall around her. Let's keep the idiots out. Um, yeah.
2: Oh,
3: Isn't that interesting? You. Too many Spaniards would... in Spain, Sean.
0: Um, imagine living with that woman.
3: Why, is she from your town? Because I think they said she's British.
0: I mean, if she were from my town, I wouldn't be surprised.
3: She'd say there's way too many Kentuckians. <laughs> she would.
0: Oh, I would rather mow a lawn with scissors than hang out with somebody that fucking
3: dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I wonder what she was expecting. I'd like to know. I'd like to talk to her and say, okay, so when you planned your trip, what did you think you were going to get?
2: Some tacos with ground beef unseasoned right. and mayonnaise on the side. There
3: you go. Some crepes.
1: <laughs>
2: mayonnaise
0: on the side. <laughs> uh,
3: some White people. Some Nutella, yeah. <laughs> This last one is reported for... This is for the SRS file, this last one. Uh-oh. It's a good one, yeah. Sean. This is a good one. Reported by the Asia One Network on August 14. This is a good one, man. Now, what do I always tell you, Sean? These things always occur, these crazy ones, India or China. That's how it is. And this one is about an 82-year-old man out of a place called Lucknow, India. So, this guy was experiencing issues with his penis, like like swelling and skin shedding. All right?
0: Haven't we all... That Talk about a viper. Uh-huh. It gets a new skin.
3: Uh-huh. So anyway, <laughs> he was having issues with swelling and skid shedding, and he decided to ignore the symptoms for a whole year, Sean.
0: No. He
3: ignored the symptoms for a whole year. He- <laughs> well,
0: okay. Well, let's be honest. He didn't seek help for them. I don't know that he could have ignored them. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> he,
3: fine. He didn't seek help. Yes. There you go. It turned out that he had an ulcer on his dick. Oh, no. That
2: can happen?
3: And because, okay, you don't have to worry about it, Melissa.
2: Oh, I have no, a man I love. Now I'm worried about this. Confirm <laughs> it
0: won't happen to you, Melissa.
3: Now, uh, beca- because he left it untreated, Sean, what do you think happened?
0: I don't know what happens to ulcers.
3: His dick fell off.
0: Oh!
3: You you should see Melissa's face right now. You should see it. The whole thing or like part? No, it rotted and it fell off.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. So how do you rectify this? Does he get a new
3: one? Uh, Well, here's your answer to that. There was a report in the British Medical Journal about it. Uh, Because his penis fell off, it made it hard for him to urinate, obviously. That caused damage to his urethra and he died.
2: No
0: god
3: yeah according to the uh that no, report he
0: was he was old right he, was, he old. was old
3: yeah yeah oh, that doesn't excuse you for like letting your dick swell and and peel god, for a year like,
2: that's a new worst way to go ever yeah it's not good it's not good one of the comments in the live chat says blue chew can't help with that no blue chew can't help with that <laughs>
3: no no
0: Oh, no.
3: Yeah, and according to the report in the British Medical Journal, he ignored the condition due to, and this is their their little study, he ignored it due to, quote, ignorance and social stigma. That's what they claim. Well,
0: that's that's the benefit of ordering Blue Chew from BlueChew.com, code Fightful, no in-person doctor's visit. But this guy needed an in-person doctor's visit. Oh, he
3: needed an in-person doctor's visit.
0: Badly needed one. Oh, yeah. He's penis
3: uh,
0: fell off yeah now how long did he go penisless before dying
3: apparently two weeks
0: two weeks so that that peeing is messy i bet
3: yeah because he probably got bacteria and you know oh god yeah that my dad my dad one time my dad's older he had a urinary tract infection you know what a catheter is right yeah he had a urinary tract infection had to have a catheter for like two months
0: but so this old
3: man probably could use that
0: my cousin had a car wreck and had his face split open from here all the way to here and while he's there on the on the the table getting ready to be airlifted they can't give you pain meds for a head injury like that and they're like are you doing okay he goes yeah besides this fucking catheter
3: Oh yeah. Not, <laughs> all he was
0: worried about, not so good was
3: news. Like, Those aren't good news. I've
0: never had to have one. They put a
3: tube up your dick and you're basically peeing into a bed. It's not good news.
0: Yeah, I got I got the the plot of the, ah, <laughs> the catheter. It's not a good scene. Oh boy. Oh man. And like R. I said I. in peace.
3: Yep. And like I said if you go to Five Select after this, I got three more good ones and the ones on there this better week might be better. That? They might be. They're good that this week. That
0: was one of the goats.
3: They might that
0: was be. One of the goats, right there. Yeah,
3: they're up there. They might be. But I
0: couldn't even make fun of it. The man doesn't have a dick.
3: No. Well, now he doesn't have anything. But no, he didn't have a dick.
0: Oh.
3: Hey, he hey. won a year, Melissa. He won a year. Like smarten the fuck up. You 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 broke up. I actually did not hear what you said. A year. A year. Right. Right. Yeah. So he deserved to be dickless. You know. <laughs> He won a year. Let's move on. So uh, on Raw this week, and I'll get your insight here in a minute, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt got another shot at the tag titles. They again came up empty, and Bray Wyatt once again took the fall. After Raw, Matt Hardy posted this on Twitter. Melissa, you got the tweet? He said, Thank you for everything, Mike. Come here. I shall miss you, Bray Wyatt. And it was a photo of Bray with his son, Max. What's his son's name? Maxwell? Yeah. So, my question is obviously, that's going to be the end of the team for a while. Is it because Matt's headed to rehab because we know he's hurt, or is it because Bray's in some hot water, which we've heard about?
0: Well, I I don't know if there's still any heat on Bray. I know there was when he had to miss Raw to handle his divorce thing, and because of the car wreck, they were not happy about that because that changed plans. B-Team were not supposed to be tag team champions, Mm -hmm. at least that early. And they had some plans that they couldn't really go into because of the Bray Wyatt situations. Matt, you look at him, you can tell he's feeling rough, but he's still doing superplexes to the outside of the ring. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Matt's very good at stirring up social media even when there's nothing going on. So it's really, mm. really difficult to, to, know for to sure. decipher with him, yeah.
3: Okay, okay. I mean, you, what was it that he, he, he said on social media, something about his pelvis and his tailbone are fusing or pelvis something?
0: Pelvis and his back are fusing and his back.
3: together. Okay, so maybe, maybe something's going to have to be done. Uh, moving oh, on. His
0: dick doesn't fall off. <laughs> uh,
3: definitely. Yeah, yeah, Matt Hardy, if you ever have swelling or skin peeling, go to a doctor, my friend. Please, please, Matt. Don't wait a year. Don't, Reba, you know Reba, Reba, take him be. to the doctor
0: here. You don't want your penis to be deleted. Yeah. <laughs>
3: there you go. You're proud of yourself for that. That's good. That's good. I am. Congratulations to Renee Young. Now, you know, I've always believed, Sean, that a good commentator is one that you don't notice during a match. That's my opinion. Uh, yeah. Because when you notice them, typically it's because they suck. And with all due respect to Michael Cole, he sucks this day and age. Yeah, he does. Jonathan Coachman's even worse than him because Jonathan Coachman seems miserable and doesn't really want to be there. And he's you gotta doing...
0: listen to that shithead when I play football video games now. <laughs> I heard My that God. that he's one of the
3: voices on that. I heard that. I heard that. Ugh. It just seems to me like Coach is doing it for a paycheck, and it and it seems like he's not happy and doesn't really want to be there. Renee Young, this this Monday, became the first woman ever. In how many years of Rosh Sean? Twenty six years 25. now. Yeah,
0: almost 26.
3: Became the first woman ever to do commentary for a full episode of Raw. Really? So, yeah, congratulations to her. Couldn't help but notice, though, Sean. She was a little quiet there uh, during the final segment when Didn't Dean Ambrose met, word, said nothing. She? Said nothing through the whole thing. I couldn't help but notice that. So When
0: Dean Ambrose comes out looking like he found whatever Brock Lesnar lost in recent months. Jesus, he was yoked. He looked good. He looked he, the the look is good. It's updated. It's yep. different. He needed to. Yeah, I agree. Because the skinny, balding look wasn't working for him. Agreed. And it's so funny because James Lynch hit me up on Twitter and he goes, "Maybe people will stop saying I looked like him now." I'm like, "Oh no, he looks way more like you now." Yeah, sort of. <laughs> and he did before. With sort the hair. of.
3: Yeah. Uh, he so, lo- he looks good. I hope he. I mean, I got to tell you, my opinion on him has changed ever since the Stone Cold podcast. Yeah. Like in a negative. Yeah. So hopefully he can use this run and get back on track because it's hard for me to look at him and my brain to trigger that he was WWE champion. Yeah, you know what oh, I mean? definitely, for sure. So, and,
0: I mean, hey, that's the closest thing my local town of Cincinnati has had to a champion in anything in a long time. So I was I was happy when he won the WWE championship. And for Renee Young, outside of the occasional, you know, I complain about the oohs and ohs, that's a Michael Cole thing.
3: That I actually didn't mind fun. it because I, I noticed it too, and she said it a lot. The reason I didn't mind it is because she wasn't doing play by play. There you go. That's why I didn't yes. mind it. Tom Tom Phillips, who is the play by play man on SmackDown, should not be doing that. Exactly. He's calling the moves. Renee is there to do color. She's there for analysis. Didn't bother me at all. Not I can at all. tell
0: you guys, I call actual MMA fights. Sometimes that just happens. Right. Sometimes you can't conjure up anything besides a bark when somebody hit something crazy, but when...
3: Can I hear the bark that you do when somebody does mm-hmm. a big move? Give
0: me a raise and, and you can. Anyway, uh, when it's, uh, I don't know, Zelina throwing, like, a bionic elbow, it's not necessary.
3: Mm. It's right. not. I just don't think, I, mean, I, I don't think as a color analyst, it's your job to know every move, the name of every move.
0: Exactly. It's your job to provide insight. Yes. Tell them, give, give and with... Women being more prevalent on this show, I think she is a welcome voice. Also, she's a welcome voice because she's not always confrontational. No, and it's to the point to where you know Graves is confrontational, but people prefer that to listening to Coach say whatever he says. Yeah, because he'll say stuff like when Ronda Rousey is facing a woman who's two hundred and eighty pounds oh, Ronda Rousey's taking a rest here while she's having the life squeezed out The bear
3: her. hug, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she then he defended it later, day. remember? Yeah. When, she, when Ronda ran the ropes, he defended it. Yeah, whatever. I mean, as, I, I look at Renee as, Young, and we've talked about Renee Young before. You gotta be a real asshole if you dislike Renee Young. Yeah. Because there's nothing to dislike about her. She's apparently one of the most popular girls in the, in the, in the, in the locker room. And I,
0: put, I put her and Gene Okerlund in the same conversation, and that's it right. among interviewers. Charlie's right. good, too. but Charlie's really. good,
3: too, but Renee is just so likable. She's like There's no, no ego. No ego. Yeah. And, and you're not going to see, and I'm not a social media guy, but you're not going to see her posting bikini photos on Instagram because it's not who Renee Young is. So uh, I think she was a welcome addition, absolutely. And like I told you, uh, I didn't notice her a lot of the time, which is a good thing.
0: Well... I'm sure she does post that stuff on Instagram. She's on Total Divas all the
3: time. They send them to
0: beaches all the time.
3: I'm not on her her Instagram, so I don't know.
0: Also, I think she's a future WWE Hall of Famer, without a doubt.
3: So long as ESPN doesn't court her someday. That that could happen. I
0: think she's been courted by people. I don't know about ESPN. Mm. Uh, She's probably more secure in a WWE gig, and she gets to hang out with her husband all the time.
3: I mean, that's the reason. If if we're being honest, if she's not married to a WWE wrestler, the likelihood...
0: yes. Gone yes. already. She she got she get snatched up by Good Morning America yeah, or something like she that. She could. Yeah, she could do anything she wanted.
3: Yep, agreed. Agreed. So we already talked about SmackDown 1000 earlier. It's going to be October 16 from the Capital One Arena in Washington. They've announced that Taker's going to be uh, on that show. You think The Rock might make an appearance? Probably vi- via videotape. Uh, I mean SmackDown uh, was him. That was his. That was his line. Right? Yeah,
0: by, by video, yeah, because he showed up on, I think it was the 500th episode via head. video back when he was not necessarily in favor. I remember he, I think he was standing in front of his glass case with all of his With a newspaper. Yeah.
3: Yeah, 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 I remember that, yeah, 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 yeah. So
0: yeah, I could see that happening.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting. What about this one? So i got to tell you, I'm not a reality show guy, and so I have not seen one episode of Ms. and Mrs. Uh, however, obviously it's doing well. Because right now, they're airing uh, a six-episode first season. And they announced on SmackDown last night that they have commissioned, USA Network has commissioned 14 new episodes to air next year as part of a second season. Uh, As part of USA's release, they said that uh, this show is their top, I love how they say unscripted show.
0: (laughs) Ah, it is scripted. Uh
3: Uh-huh. But anyway, they call it their top unscripted show in over seven years. Uh, Over the first three episodes, they've averaged 1.7 million viewers in the general demo. So, good good for Miz, man. Good for Miz. And I got to tell you and we're going to talk about SummerSlam in a little bit. I loved the video packages that they aired this week on SmackDown. That is the match I'm probably looking the most forward to because of the legitimate 7-year build. That's that's for real.
0: That is the match they're pushing the most, too. Right. And I think that Daniel Bryan's talking point of Miz not deserving the respect that he wants, that's can't go there anymore. That's not I mean, we literally on this show we see him being concerned that his kid's going to be born too close to WrestleMania because he refuses to miss WrestleMania. Right. Oh, and he didn't take any time off after that either. Oh, and then he is filming two reality shows on top of that. Right. But the, here's the thing about The Miz, Jimmy, is the reason he has that reputation is because he was a reality star. Yeah. That's why he has the doesn't work hard reputation. When I think of The Miz, I don't think of reality star anymore. I think of awesome really good, outstanding WWE performer now. That's what I think of. Yeah, And that was not the case for a very, very long time. He got the reputation of not catching people like when he missed our truth by a mile. That doesn't happen anymore. AJ Styles knocked his tooth out and he came back to work.
3: Yeah, and, and not, not that I want to uh, kill this storyline and this feud, but if you read Daniel Bryan's book... He actually, in real life, put The Miz over pretty strong. Yes, he did. When, when it's talking, a great book. Yeah, when, when he was talking about them working together with NXT, Dan and Brian talked about how the other pros felt like having to do that was uh, like, oh, God, I have to do an extra day of work, and this is a waste of my time. And he said that's how the other pros treated it. He said The Miz treated it like an opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. And he said that The Miz taught him about work ethic in WWE. And so, in real life, uh, I think there's a lot of respect there. I've seen interviews with Daniel Bryan, like you know, supposedly kayfabe-free interviews, where he says, oh, you know, sometimes The Miz is a guy that you want to punch in the face. Maybe he feels that way from time to time, but there's no, there's no denying the fact that you put him over strong in his book. So. And Marjo Mania
0: runs wild in my house. My wife is a Marjo fan. Do you know who that is? <laughs> no idea. It's Maurice's mom. Oh, okay. Her French mom who very clearly delivers scripted lines that are just freaking hilarious. Is her and mom
3: living in the U.S. now, too?
0: Yeah, Liz, I think lives with them. Lives with them. And <laughs> the first episode did 1.47, second 1. 1.3, third 1.2. The next one will probably drop a little bit, too. But as I've mentioned before, these air throughout the week as well.
3: I was going to say, because they claimed in the release 1.7 average.
0: Yes, So USA loves their DVR plus three numbers. And not only that, sometimes these episodes run before SmackDown as well as a lead-in to SmackDown. So you're getting this all week. I mentioned when I used to watch the Osbournes, I never caught it the night that it was on. Mm. I would catch it. I would record it, or I would catch it on later in the week. That's how, I mean, today, more people are doing that. They have that great lead-in. But as I've said before, if the Grizzlies were a hit, there is no way they're back on the research. Grizzlies again. They suck. So watch an episode. No, that should be your assignment. No, is watching one episode of anything.
3: No, I have no. I have. I have no assignment. No, you no, no. should. I've actually. I did. I never saw one episode of the Osbournes. Not one. Really? Not one. No.
0: Wow. Because reality. A big deal reality
3: shows are so clearly fake to me that I'm not. I yeah, just don't right. get into it. It's it's clearly scripted and set up.
0: Back then, I don't know if it was as clear to me, if I didn't watch, i just watch it because of background noise, or if I just mm. gave it a pass or something. Cause... I remember
3: hearing years ago, and, and this is vague in my, in my recollection, something about Kim Kardashian got married to like a basketball player, mm-hmm. and the whole thing was taped, and it was either her or somebody, they forgot to turn their mic pack off.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And you could hear, apparently, a conversation they were having with a producer about make yeah. sure make sure you say this and don't forget to say that to your sister and don't forget like these things are all bullshit
0: Yeah, I, d- so I dated not... a girl when I was younger and her sister worked as a producer on an MTV show mm-hmm. and she straight up told me if you see it on the screen it was supposed to happen at MTV right. with the exception of like maybe one thing at the VMAs where like years ago that wasn't supposed to go down Right, and I- even if that happens MTV will find a way to profit off of it because that's just the way they yeah. are but yep yeah, yep yeah. But I remember when I first realized it, I was watching Bam Margera's show, Viva La Bam, and I was like, man.
3: He was a jackass guy, right?
0: Yeah, I was like. I geez, actually so... dug
3: jackass. Jackass oh, I I love
0: jackass. And I like yeah. Viva La Bam too. Mm-hmm. But it was the Don't Feed Phil episode where he, he wouldn't let his dad eat for a full day because he was too fat. And the, the gimmick was that he had told everybody in Westchester not to feed his dad and took out billboards. And I was like, man, this is so clearly fake. What the hell am I doing?
3: I've, I've, for sure. And you know, you yeah. know, that, you know the whole par- getting the parents involved thing? Tom Green was the one that started that.
0: He was a legend. Yeah. I remember watching him and saying, man, he's going to be around for a long time.
3: This never <laughs> old. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> you know that when I went to school in Ottawa, I went to school in Ottawa, Canada. Tom Green is from Ottawa, and he started out on local community cable. Yeah. And when I went to school, that's what he was doing. He was doing local community cable. And I remember years later, I was like flipping channels and MTV. There was Tom Green. I was like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Because I never really thought he was that funny. Yeah. But but there he was, he had an M T V show. And he married Drew Barrymore. Good for him. He had a good run. Yeah.
0: So the same person that told me that the, the the producer who worked at MTV had told me a story I feel like I've heard it echoed before though. When Tom Green put out his music video, the Bum Bum Song, do you remember that? No. <laughs> Well, they had TRL, Total Request Live. And because it became such a hit on their show quickly, they retired it after five days because they didn't expect it to take off. And they already had the next week's TRL from spring break in the can and hadn't mentioned that show at all. Right. So they had to get it to where it was and get it off their show before those came out. And I was like, man, I really thought he was going to be the funniest thing for so long and now i i don't know where the hell he is i
3: think he does a podcast probably but he had a good run he did. He, he did he he was big for a few years road trip was a good oh, movie too
0: overcame testicular cancer that's right oh i've noticed we have the same taste in movies i love road trip yeah
3: road trip's a good movie yeah Any anything it. anything and there was a Vince mcmahon reference in road trip was there yeah when they were on the bus coming back and uh the one guy is teaching the other guy he's giving him a crash course on like calculus because yes! he's got a test right and he said uh he said socrates was the vince mcmahon of whatever uh, philosophy right. or something yeah, yeah yeah i remember that You're right yeah yeah so today is august the 15th uh, today there was a triple h conference call promoting uh nxt takeover for brooklyn you were on it anything of note anything that we should mention that was good
0: well, we streamed it. He was asked about Neville, said he doesn't know what the situation is. He was asked about the Tegan Knox injury, and boy, was that a nasty one. He says that he's hopeful that she makes a recovery. Mm-hmm. Said that the May Young Classic will be aired weekly, not in a binge format, but they do expect people to go back and binge watch May Young Classic 1, and he said that that type of thing isn't really his call because people with more advanced analytics make that decision for them, and they decided to run it weekly after uh nxt i'm wondering if i can talk warren hayes into lumping that in into his fightful select review he enjoys the freedom of being in nxt and being able to work on the network and being able to go over schedule a little bit says that he'd rather have too much talent and uh, spread them out keep them from being overexposed open to crossover shows and within wwe and uh outside of wwe if they're contractually available was he asked about matt riddle he wasn't.
3: Okay. I didn't get a question on there. You'd be shocked to learn. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that is, Jimmy? <laughs> uh, I think Fightful's on the radar. And we're, not, we're on the radar. Not yeah. necessarily in a good way, I think. And hey, we're you, on
0: people's radar for, for good reasons. Well, I still get on these calls, so...
3: I mean, why some, would they not take the press? So let me ask you this question. So, you, I think you Skyped me, and you said that a fan got a question in?
0: No, a guy... Oh, this fucking dope.
3: <laughs> what there was a ask? guy
0: that got on the call and he said, I'm not going to ask this as a journalist. I'm going to come at you as a fan. Oh, and girl. you, everybody's got their shit on mute, but you can hear a collective. Yeah, 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 yeah. He says, quite frankly, I'm burned out from the main roster. And I'm only looking forward to NXT. And I don't even remember what his question was because he went off on this rant for two minutes. And H said,
3: Thanks. I thought you weren't going
0: to ask a question. Oh, really? <laughs> like, I thought you were just going to tell me about how much you hated WWE. And it's like, man, when you get on those, don't act like that. It's okay to be a fan. I had somebody say, what's wrong with being a mark? There's not a goddamn thing wrong All with wrestling
3: journalists are fans.
0: Yeah. I'm a, I wouldn't do this if I wasn't a fan. I'd cover college basketball or NBA basketball something else. i do this because I like it. Yep. But when you're on a call like that, your job is... Is to reflect the interests of fans, not to be one. Yeah, and you know what? Ask it in a professional manner, and then relay that information and report on it.
3: And we've talked about this. Triple H knows he's talking to like knowledgeable, educated people, and that's one of the things that I really respect about him because Vince McMahon would never be caught dead doing one of these, but he he does it with wrestling journalists. He knows that people know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I have, I, have, I have a lot I'm of respect never for doing that. one of these. Never, ever, ever. Never. No, never.
0: And, and had you told Triple H any number of people who are on the call, he'd say, I don't care. I'll take the question. Yeah, he's that's, good. That's how he is. Yep. That's how he is. I know he's instrumental in a lot of the progressive nature of pro wrestling. And I had somebody in the business say, I don't know why he gets a bad rap. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think he does.
3: It, I, you know what? I mean, no one is going to be liked by everybody. And and especially yeah. when you were in his position, obviously there's going to be guys, let's say, because nobody wants to take the, the blame for anything. So people that didn't make it, they're going to look to him as the reason. Yeah. Right? Or anybody that's overlooked, they're going to look to him as a reason. I know that, you know, obviously he's political because he has to be. And obviously he's going to side with his wife because that's what you do. Of course. And, and so there were things that were done that people didn't like. And, and you know, he's got, he's been shit on maybe and maybe justly deserved. But as we've talked about, I have nothing but respect for what he's done with NXT. Uh, yeah. we're, we're seeing his fingerprints more and more on the main roster. Do you think that Kevin Owens gets signed without Triple H? No chance. No way. You think Samoa Joe gets signed without Triple H? No chance. Liger well, so, ain't
0: coming in for an NXT show. Yep. Kota Ibushi probably doesn't end up on WWE Cruiserweight Classic even. There's right. a lot of different things. Yep. And my issue with that one guy's thing is... I've spoken very, I've been very outspoken how many in WWE think that if you cover pro wrestling, even for a living like I do, I mean, I commit a lot of time to this, many of them think that you want to work for WWE. I've never wanted to work for WWE, and people like that really, really put a dent in the credibility of calls like that. And mm-hmm. from a WWE standpoint, they might be like, yeah, do we really want to provide our talent? Or provide these people access? Right. I don't know. We did have access to Matt Riddle in what might be the last bro spot ever. Digging holes.
5: Digging holes. (laughs) Digging holes. (laughs) The
0: guy's got it.
5: He's still
0: got it. So as we wrap up, this is a big time in the life of Matt Riddle. As you look back on your first <laughs> few years <laughs> on the independent circuit, what stands out to you about the experience you've had?
5: You know, uh, the biggest things that stick out to me are just the opportunities I've been given. I've been really lucky. You know, I, I think my background helped me out, but I think I've talked to enough people and I've been in the business lineup where I know, especially with my past, because people were really hesitant to deal with me. That I just I've worked really hard and I just got awesome opportunities and and like if I if there's a couple things I remember that really like make me happy so far like guys like Shibata giving me opportunities guys like that like coming to the Indies and you know brushing shoulders with me especially stuff like that like those those are big moments or even like the biggest shows or hey Matt Riddle's Bloodsport that's been really cool and I think we're gonna do multiple other ones in the future so. Hopefully we keep that going.
0: It'd be a neat trick. Yeah. Matt, I want to thank you so much. It was good seeing your face and your somewhat mediocre hair. I don't
5: know, man. <laughs> the hair you
0: got it's kind of mullety right now with your with the hat hair.
5: I always rock hat hair, bro.
0: You seen Brian Pillman Jr. rocking the full mullet?
5: Dude, I hang out with Brian Pillman Jr. We're the Hollywood bros.
0: He is He is a – when people ask me how he is, I say suspiciously nice, that guy. He is just super nice.
5: Yeah. What a gentleman. I I really like him. He's a good guy. He's pretty hilarious.
0: He is. Keeps it real. Yeah.
5: You know, he's a real bro.
0: And he's doing things the right way. He could have just hopped in and got some – Turd level indie bookings based on who his dad was. No, he's like, Oh, let me go to OVW, then let me go up and train with Sammy Callahan. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna go not even, not even like Eastern Canada, I'm gonna go all the way to Western Canada and train under Lance Storm. He's doing things the right way,
5: he's doing good things. He's also been training MMA as well. Has he been doing jujitsu and kickboxing? Like the guys, really, I really think in a couple of years. You know, I think it's going to be something serious. I think right at first people like, oh, that's kind of cool. But when the kid can work and actually do something crazy, it's like people are really going to get behind it.
0: Well, I know WDB like him. Yet another thing you two have in common. Anyway, Matt, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Any parting words?
5: You know, hey, thanks for having me. It was so nice to talk to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I tried to talk to you ahead of Bloodsport and you just evaporated into thin Bro, air.
5: My schedule before Bloodsport, my schedule WrestleMania weekend. I still haven't recovered from that shit. You don't
0: even you didn't do anything that weekend. You did wrestle another former fightful contributor, Deonna Purrazzo, who got signed I by did. WWE.
5: And I was victorious.
0: You were. You were. It was a fluke, but you were victorious.
5: Well, I guess Sean Pearson was on. He beat me, but that's a that's bullshit because that was a Canadian decision. In Vegas, <laughs> I win.
0: Uh,
5: uh, in Japan, I win. I had the heart in that fight.
0: You beat Jason Kincaid too. He writes for us.
5: Oh yeah, I did at AEW in Chicago.
0: You're two and one. You're that's that's pretty good.
5: I'd say two and a half. Because well,
1: let's still say
0: claim that, that that's Pearson a UFC title shot right there. Two and one these days.
5: Th- I'm shocked they haven't called me and be like, Matt, we're bringing you back. I'm
0: shocked. You are, are you? Bad. Do you think They're they not will? Not because bad. I think they will.
5: Yeah, they probably will, and I'll be like, this is this is the saddest day of both our lives.
0: <laughs> they hit you with that 500k plus pay per view points. What are you gonna do? Do they still make
5: that kind of money? Do they still push numbers?
0: Well, I mean, that's probably I, I doubt it. But I mean, you're getting the 500k plus pay per view points.
5: I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. Then again, I had to let somebody commit or try to commit extreme violence on my body. So, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Or I could win in 10 seconds and be a real star. But then they'd want me to fight again and it'd be a whole nightmare. And then I'd have to travel and fight on Sundays at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for fans Man, that really shit. don't like me. So it's just. Uh,
0: the USA Network would love you then. Matthew, thank you so much. Hey,
5: follow me on social media.
0: It's super king of bros now, yeah?
5: Super king of bros at Twitter, uh, Riddle Bro on Instagram, Matthew Riddle at Facebook. That's it.
2: We're back.
0: The end of an era, I guess you could say.
3: There's no better segue than going into the TakeOver Brooklyn lineup than that. Yeah. Uh, Not that we're suggesting Matt Riddle is going to be in any way associated with that card or that show. But let's go into the lineup real quickly. So uh, last man standing, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. Let me ask you this. I think it's overkill now with that feud a little bit. They're getting a lot of matches month over month.
0: Yeah, but they didn't want it to be. They, they had Alistair Black added in there, and they didn't foresee that happening. Injury, so I'm, right. I'm more inclined to forgive them. This was a pivot, so I, I'm okay with it.
3: Woman's title, uh, Shayna Baszler, Kylie Sane.
0: Kairi saying, uh,
3: uh, 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 uh. "If you listen to the girls, like when they do the real life videos and shit, they actually call her Kylie because in in Chinese the R is like an L."
0: Well, um, she's fucking Japanese. First off, that's what I meant. Sorry, Japanese. I meant
3: Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do the R's like L's
2: other way uh, around well, L's both ways
3: ours. it's both ways oh is it both yeah. ways yeah. oh i didn't have know you heard that. okay i'm going to get racist for a second Yeah, the i'm going to get yeah. racist have you seen oh, no. uh, have you seen lethal weapon uh, chicken fly lice boy that was lethal weapon 4 lethal weapon 4
2: i miss being monetized you're the white
0: guy, <laughs> guy, who, the white guy who rolls his r's when you're saying something about lucha libre
3: aren't I you? i don't roll my r's i don't even really know how to do it
0: yeah, I, I don't can't even wait.
3: know We're how to do about either. Rey Mysterio. Speaking of lucha, where the hell is my mask?
2: No? Oh yeah, okay. So they closed out and they're shipping soon, but
3: I want my. Da- you know, Marie's dying to get that mask on. <laughs> oh, dying. Yes. All right, let's move on. By the way, who do you think I is wearing
0: signed Rey Mysterio mask? Should I bring it for her?
3: Uh, I mean, if you want to donate it to Marie, sure.
0: That's what I meant. I don't
3: know if it's going to fit that big melon, but. Uh, <laughs> That's true. We could give it a shot. So, uh, going back to TakeOver, uh, Baszler, same. Who do you think's winning that?
0: Oh, Baszler. I think Chomp was winning the, the main event, by the way.
3: Okay, North American title. This is this is one of two matches I'm really looking forward to on this card. North American title, Adam Cole, Ricochet.
0: Ricochet hasn't wrestled in a couple of months. He's been dealing with an injury. He didn't win his debut, so maybe he gets it here. I flip-flopped on this a lot, but the pick I made last night was Adam Cole.
3: Cole, to me, you know how Elias and TakeOver... Uh, or Intego in Tego Ramin NXT. He was all right, but he, he was, you know, main roster made. You know what I mean? I look at Adam yes. Cole in a similar light. I think Adam Cole, if given an opportunity on the main roster, is going to do real well because he's got that presence. Yeah, but, I mean, he's still super over. Super over. Uh, tag titles, Undisputed Era, Mustache Mountain. Undisputed Era, <laughs> Mustache
0: Mountain ain't winning that.
3: And last but not least, the other match I'm looking forward to on this card. Velveteen Dream EC3. That's a fun matchup.
0: God, that's a that's a unique matchup. That is a Styles clash. Yeah, and two guys that just ooze charisma. Yep. Velveteen Dream is bulletproof, so I think EC3 wins. But if if EC3 never wrestled for NXT again, I wouldn't be surprised either because we talk about main roster ready. Right. Well he was main roster ready four years ago because he was on the main roster. So yeah,
3: but you know what? I, I think if, if they bring him up by himself without any affiliation or manager or anything, I'm afraid that he might go the way of Bobby Roode.
0: I think he's more exciting in the ring now than Bobby Roode. He switches things up a little bit more. He's always evolving. But yeah, considering WWE, I could see oh God, I could see him throwing him in a tag team with Bobby Roode. Oh God.
3: Maybe. Maybe. He's fresher uh, than that. Now, before we skim over SummerSlam, so I, I was telling you off the air, 13 freaking matches, 13, plus an Elias performance, probably a Bobby Lashley run-in, I imagine. Aside from that, I want to talk about the Paul Heyman thing from Monday night. Uh, now, I, I think Paul did a great job in terms of his performance. I yeah. thought his promo was good, and the way he you know called, did, the, did the little thing and put Roman Reigns' his name in there and let me be your advocate. I thought it, it was a great performance, but... I thought the timing of the whole thing sucked ass. And how many Brock Lesnar, let me ask you a question. How many Brock Lesnar beatdowns prior to a pay per view have we seen? Plenty. Probably 25? They want to make
0: Roman the underdog. And as Alex said on the Raw podcast, it looks really good in the
3: pre match video. I get that, but. That's it. This to me, and you've talked about this too, this gave this match some intrigue. That they had Paul with the you know saying the word unless and then shaking Renee's hand and getting up and it it added a level of intrigue to this match that it didn't already that it just didn't have and for them to waste it a week before the pay per view just so Brock could do another beatdown that he's done fifty times before made zero sense to me mm-hmm. and the the one shred of interest that I had in this match was wasted and now because they're going to keep it one on one regardless of the finish and regardless if they're going to have a cash in or whatever they're going to do. Brooklyn is going to be rabid for that matchup, and I, I, I almost in a, in a in a slight way, I feel bad for Roman Reigns because he's in a no-win situation in that matchup.
0: Off the top of my head, on Raw, I was like, okay, Kevin Owens could beat Roman Reigns, who after who just won the title and cash in. Braun Strowman could cash in on either of them. Imagine the pop Braun Strowman would get if Brock beat Reigns again but here comes Braun to save the day and be the new champion.
3: But imagine the match up until that point.
0: Yes, and and exactly. imagine the
3: live reaction up until that point.
0: Exactly, and that that's how you end on a pop, is Braun. That, that's how. You could have had Roman Reigns turn and do the Heyman thing.
3: You could have had Yeah, that. it's not going to happen now.
0: You could have had that. You could have a squash match where Reigns just kills Lesnar, and that's it. Kills him off. You could have the shield kind of reform after Brock Lesnar beats Reigns down after he wins and have them write him off. They'll do none of those things. Mm -hmm. What they'll do is Roman Reigns, if we're lucky, Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns will pin Brock Lesnar and end this nightmare at the top of the card where your main
3: event prop is used once every few months. Yeah, but that's not going to be the main event of SummerSlam. If they make that the main event of SummerSlam, they clearly have lost their minds. Right? Right. Like there's no I don't chance. Know. I mean,
0: they they've pretty they've evidenced it pretty well in the past. Oh,
3: that would be such a bad decision. People might leave, Sean, if that's yeah. the main event of SummerSlam. Shout now, out
0: to Jason on the live chat. <laughs> His real name may or may not be Simon, it's but odd. I don't know because Melissa calls him Jason. Uh huh.
3: He sent us to GBP
0: hmm. via the super chat.
3: Let me ask you this question, Sean. Brock, as of now, is advertised for RAW next Monday. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance Brock beats Roman, goes to Raw, Braun cashes in with a bigger audience, and pins Brock on Raw? Should. And if they do that, what does that do to Roman Reigns?
0: I hope it sends him over the goddamn edge, and we get some some something interesting yeah, out it. Not of him. a
3: bad idea. Not a bad idea. Because
0: a shitty, jealous, whiny Roman Reigns is what
3: we've seen, right? But not what they've portrayed. Yep okay let's go through their card real quick and, and I'll get your uh, your take so Brock Roman what do you think the finish is going to be you think Roman's going to pin him
0: yeah I think Roman's going to win you
3: think there's going to be a cash in
0: eh, I'll, I'll say yeah and then
3: Reigns beats them too oh no no yeah. <laughs> no the no. big
0: dog
3: I think uh, I think there's going to be a cash in at on Raw I think
0: yeah, I would love that.
3: Yeah, that's what I think is gonna happen. And I think that Brock is going to lose at SummerSlam and lay out Heyman on Raw. Like officially break up with Heyman on Raw. That's what I think. Okay, but let's I want
0: to see. I want to see Heyman with somebody else.
3: And and because of his backstage work, he's gonna stick around.
0: Or I would love for Lesnar to lay out Heyman on at SummerSlam. At Summerslam, and then I would love would love AOP to lay out Brock Lesnar on Raw. And then you have leading AOP. That'd be interesting. Because that's a hell of a way, a hell of a way to write off Brock Lesnar and give somebody a giant rub for
3: doing so. That's an interesting one. Okay, Cruiserweight title, Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak's on the pre-show. Cedric. I agree. Now, this matchup, I think, is worthy of the main show, not the pre-show. Rusev and Lana, Andre de San Almas, Zelina Vega. They're putting it on the pre-show, Sean.
0: Almas and... Zelina have won everything so far and it seems like they are finally going for it with the babyface push of Rusev and Lana. I think they would give they
3: could give that a win, and if Lana pins Zelina, then what, what harm does that do? Do you think they're gonna do more bullshit again with Aiden English costing the match again?
0: Yeah, it's quite possible. So. Yeah, yeah. so I'll probably go with Zelina pinning Lana. Get
3: Rusev then. new music already. Get them new music already.
0: Keep them with Aiden English. Man, they're a good act.
3: I agree. WWE title style Samoa Joe.
0: Samoa Joe I have winning this. You think Samoa
3: Joe's going to win that?
0: Yeah, I think it's time. It uh, would freshen it up. AJ hit 281 days today, I think, as champion. It
3: would freshen it up. Lesnar hit 500. Yeah, good for him. Uh, Raw women's title, which I think might be the main event, depending on the, the universal finish. Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey rousy it's got to be rousy it's got to be there's no other now, outcome yeah smackdown, tired
0: of having a champion on raw and smackdown who can't work SmackDown. i mean not, she she does okay alexa does but man come on yeah you went from naya to alexa and carmella on the other brand it's time
3: and they are as shitty as creative as been ronda's been the one highlight yeah because they're treating her like phenomenally i think they're booking her really well smackdown women still carmella becky lynch charlotte
0: I think Carmella ends up winning because Charlotte and and Becky get in each other's way. Hmm. Shout out to Courtney Summers on the live chat for the donation.
3: see title. The match that I would put on the pre-show because I'm sick of it. Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins. Now he's going to have Ambrose in his corner, so I think he's going to go over because of that.
0: I would have Ambrose turn on Rollins. Oh, Really?
3: I would, do th-
0: I would do that, but I think that Rollins is probably going to win the title anyway. Yeah, I think,
3: so. I think so. U.S. title, Shinsuke Nakamura, Jeff Hardy. Nakamura, gotta be. Wow. And Hardy's hurt, too. And yeah. they have Randy Orton with the tease, too, so. just
0: Yeah, he, he doesn't tease. We've learned that.
3: <laughs> Raw tag titles, B-Team Revival.
0: Revival should win it, but I think the B-Team's dumb luck streak will continue. I think the
3: B-Team as well. SmackDown tag titles, Bludgeon Brothers, New Day.
0: Bludgeon Brothers, I, the, I'm... I'm not cool with this project. I think that Sanity would b- work better in this role. I think that uh, AOP would work better in this role. And as Sanity Alex
3: and AOP are on the same level right now.
0: Yeah, and as, as Alex mentioned, on Raw you have all these low-level tag teams that should be the ones on SmackDown getting fed to Bludgeon Brothers. It doesn't work like that.
3: Yeah. Money in the Bank contract, Braun, Kevin Owens. I
0: think Owens wins. Because it could but be... I would- I would love it if Braun won and did what you mentioned. But it
3: could be DQ or countout, right? Yes,
0: and I feel like they wouldn't institute that rule unless they were going to go with it.
3: Right, right, all right. Balor, Corbin, another oh, match Balor. that should be on the pre-show, should be on the pre-show.
0: Balor, we've seen it so many times. This is a first hour of Raw match.
3: I'm actually picking Corbin because hmm. Balor beat him the last time. At whatever the hell the last pay per view was.
0: No, I thought no, uh, Balor or Corbin beat him a couple weeks ago. Clean on no RAW. Living.
3: Yeah, okay, maybe. Oh, whatever. See, this this tells you how much I pay attention to that. Uh, Daniel Bryan, The Miz. Now that that's that's a main event matchup.
0: That's a main event matchup. Daniel Bryan should win. Yes. Yeah.
3: And that's it, man. And then the Elias performance, and uh, I'm assuming a Bobby Lashley appearance. That's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, guys. I have the Fightful Wrestling Weekly. It will go up uh, probably late tonight, maybe tomorrow, on Fightful Select early for subscribers. Those Tier 2 subscribers, $10 a month, they're getting their shirts shipped out to them. Four months, you pretty much... Half of that is just getting a shirt. So,
2: respond to my messages. Half the people are not responding to to
0: me. Yeah, guys, if you want your shirt, you better respond to the messages.
3: Oh, if you don't want it, you can forfeit it.
2: I would love if they did. My margins suck this month. There
3: you go. (laughs) We
0: we have like 15 podcasts a month on tier one, which is the $5 tier. Check that out. Plenty of these
3: have gone out, by the way. Plenty of them. Plenty plenty of these have gone out. And these are a major sell. Look at that baby right there. Plenty of those have gone out. So Check on. out
0: our friends at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. They do a great job covering the Fightful Wrestling Weekly for us. And I talk about it on the Weekender podcast every Friday where I review Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, BTE, Impact. We have Warren Hayes with the 205 Live NXT review on Fightful Select Weekly. Are you doing another we vlog have- when you come to Toronto? I'm
3: thinking about it. Yeah, Yeah, I'm
0: thinking about it. That one was, man, that took a lot of time to put together. So I might, I might. Um, Maybe you're
3: spoiled with too many Toronto trips. That's why you're not going to, that's why you might uh, not do it.
0: I just assume that Melissa, because she has proven her aptitude at creating vlogs, should just follow me everywhere.
2: I could not be paid enough to do that.
0: Or ever. she could just pretend she's me the entire time since she does that on I, fucking Twitter anyway. I do that I think without that 80,
2: you being here. <laughs>
0: I think 80% of her followers are confusion followers that think that they're just following me on Twitter. <laughs> My face is on there. So... And we got that going on. Also, two retro reviews this month. I'm giving you all one for free on Fightful.com to, to kind of let you know what it's all about. Me and Warren Hayes uh, breaking down TNA Unbreakable 05. Kind of in season since the main event was Joe and AJ Styles against Daniels. But that's up now for Fightful Select subscribers and exclusively to FightfulSelect.com. SummerSlam
3: 92 retro. Ah. Yeah, 92. good matchup. The Davey of Boy favorite, was Davey Boy was not quite with it, but still a good matchup.
0: Which led to one of my favorite spots of all time, which was an accident. Which the dive, was, right? The dive, where yes. Brett ended up hitting essentially a 360 version over the ropes of Randy Orton's backbreaker. Which I thought was one of the coolest spots I've ever seen. Right, yeah. Sean Ross Sap on Twitter. Let me ask you, Jimmy. Assuming you don't shit can me by then, you know, we've heard some rumors that SummerSlam is coming to fucking Toronto
3: next year. I heard that too. There's some fucking rumors about that.
0: Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? That'd be the thing you'll, you'll send Melissa there.
3: For you know, when, 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 when you start assuming that you're coming up to go to shows, that's when you're too spoiled and right, overpaid. No I did Who assumed?
2: Why would he send you when he already has a great wrestling journalist I in the office? That. There you go.
3: There you go. You listen,
2: I actually want to go even if I don't do anything. To I'm to so show excited. that you produce,
3: Melissa. You know, I've got like 35 people in here. I could send either one of them before you and it'd be a lot cheaper.
2: More scoops, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, I will say that given Twitter today, I'd say that some people do agree with your sentiment that you shouted to the fellows in the car. Uh, oh. oh yeah Davey got in some shit <laughs> got in some yeah but fightful.com is where you go guys you want pro wrestling covered serious but not so serious to where you don't want to hear about a guy's dick fall off right
3: Fightful. and then fall off
0: rot right and then fall off by the way i'm told it's not at the rogers roger or whatever i'm told it's not at the sky dome
3: no it wouldn't be it'd be at the they don't call it the acc anymore what is it scotia bank arena now or something Yeah, scotia. Stupid. Theater, theater stupid yeah. there you go yeah
0: so guys, ha- have a out. safe
3: flight have a safe flight hey and next thursday the 23rd you and me there's going to be no split screen you and me together in the office hopefully not zoomed out 100 feet away
0: production errors aplenty next uh, oh week yeah. we're out guys